Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 13th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Um, we haven't talked about it this week, but in your podcast feed, Grace has an interview with the Kilbanes, the yeah. stars and creators of the, I, I guess from what they've described it as, it's not necessarily a musical, it's kind of like a rock concert slash musical uh, mm. that is uh, called Waitlist that is uh, running through just this weekend, the 16th from the WP Theater. Love Check WP. that out. It's a, yeah, it's a short little interview, but it's a really grown. I've talked about how much I love the Kilbanes. Um, 100 Days is something I've seen them do. They are fantastic, and they've got mm. a lot of stuff going on. So if you have a chance to head over to the WP Theater, highly, highly recommend that. Listen to Grace's interview in the podcast feed. I will have two interviews coming up this week. Uh, I've already done the interviews. I will have them out over the next few days, so keep an ear out for those. Of course, if you want to hear them before anyone else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, let's get into the news for today, Ashley, and let's start off with an announcement from the Manhattan Theater Club as they have announced the one-week extension for the Broadway premiere of the Pulitzer Prize-winning play Cost of Living, written written by Martina Mayuk and directed by Joe Bonney. The show is currently playing the Samuel J. Friedman and will now extend until November 6th. It does not have an opportunity probably to go much longer than that. I was just about to ask, yeah. Yeah, because the collaboration is going in there Mm, um, starting in December or maybe even actually at the end of November. Um, But it is a quick turnaround. But, of course, these are smaller shows. These aren't big um, musicals with a bunch of animation and all of that stuff. Or automation. Uh, Animation would be a different kind of musical, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so it extends through Sunday, November 6th. And, Ashley, guess what happened as soon as I got this press release in my email? Ooh, did you buy a ticket, perchance? I bought a ticket to the closing performance of Cost of Living on Broadway. Because I was disappointed I wasn't going to get to see it. I didn't see it off-Broadway. And then it was closing the weekend before it came to town. I'm coming to town on a Friday. uh, So I got a ticket for the final performance on Sunday evening, November 6th. So if you're going to be at the final performance uh, of Cost of Living, let me know. Your review made me feel like I had to see it. It's a good one. It's a great one, even. I'm really glad it's getting even an extra week. Like you said, the collaboration comes in after that uh, beginning performance is November 29th okay. at the Freedman. So, yeah, yeah. so glad it's getting this extra week, which means, you know, eight more performances of people getting to see what I think, like I said, is one of the best plays of the season for sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Something else that I will be seeing, but not until like the last week of June next year, the North American Birthday tour week, of- almost. Or it like my- the week after- yeah, it, it'll be the week of, yeah, the week after my birthday. Um, the North American tour of Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice has ah. announced its principal cast. It will star Justin Coletti as the titular ghost with the most, Isabella Esler as Lydia Dietz, Brittany Coleman, um, as, as Barbara Maitland, Will Burton, uh, as Adam Maitland, Jesse Sharp as Charles, uh, Katie Ma- uh, Marilli, uh, I believe is Delia, Danielle Maria Gonzalez as Miss Argentina, which is interesting. Again, They've gone back to what they did on Broadway of splitting up um, the Miss Argentina part from Delia, which I think is at the time when we talked about how uh, Leslie Gonzalez Kritzer had separated those roles when they came up to Broadway. That was Mm -hmm. probably in order to make it so that you could open up the casting for Delia without having to have it be 
someone of of Latin or Hispanic she, descent. Right. I was going to say, because she played both of them originally. originally. Yeah. Right. But when she came I, back, only played yeah. Delia. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I saw it what, a couple months ago at this point, and it was split track. And I was like, wasn't yes. this supposed – wasn't this – yeah. Completely slipped my brain that that was a thing that had happened, which – good. Better for it. Yeah. I mean – I guess. I mean, like, I, I would have been fine if they just always made sure that it was both, you know, like if she yeah. was, you know, yeah, whatever. But anyway. I'm pro, uh, I'm pro one extra person being That's asked, true. That's, that's very the fair. case, yeah. That's very fair. Very fair. Um, uh, so that'll be heading out on its national tour starting, I believe, in Kentucky. Uh, it'll be here in Orlando, like I said. It, actually, I think my season subscription tickets are on July 2nd. So that means my press tickets will be towards the mm. end of, of June, but it'll have its first public performance in Paducah, Kentucky, uh, before it officially launches its, uh, its national tour in December. It'll hit 27 nice. cities across North Oof. America with even more dates to be announced. Uh, all right, let's move on to a little bit of a, a different kind of news, but also this is the second play that has won a Pulitzer Prize that we're going to talk about here in this opening section. Mm-hmm. It has to do with Fat Ham, a show that you and I both saw, not together. Right. I saw it with yeah. you saw it with Grace, right? I saw it with Grace and you saw it with Robbie, right? I did. I was going to say, yeah. Um, so um, the one of the main characters in Fat Ham, and I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it, is an Armed Forces veteran. And that has led the show and the original uh, cast of the show to do a reading for Veterans Day coming up this year. The original cast will reunite for a reading to take place on Monday, November 7th at the American Airlines Theater. Mm. Um, performances will begin at 6 p.m. and there will be a, uh, a Q&A after the fact um, with the cast. So this is um, a very, very cool thing, but this is in support of arts in the armed forces. And you can get tickets. If you go to the organization's uh, website, events.aitaf.org. And if that's too, ma- li- too many letters for you to remember, we will have the link in the show notes. Very good. Always pro uh, more fat ham in any incarnation. Yeah. Thank you well, very first- much. When I first got the the release, it said Fat Ham um, featuring original cast. I was like, oh, coming to Broadway? Yeah, right. No, in in, in a Broadway theater at that, too. Yeah. So technically, it, it, I, for one night only. Yeah, and in a not-for-profit. Uh, yeah. Because it's at American Airlines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I see you roundabout. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into last week's Broadway grosses. The number of shows on the main stem stayed consistent at 25. However, the number of performances did increase as more shows got deeper into their preview periods. However, one, because there were more perform- performances and because of the uh, the holiday that will not be named that happened on Monday, the longer weekends brought more tourists to the city. And that Indigenous means that there people's was, day. We can. That's right. We yes, can we can go that. with that one. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. That's the one that I was. Uh, no, it's not the one I was avoiding mentioning. Yeah, even though, yeah. even He's though in my the bad place. Yeah, we. I, that's actually confirmed. Thank you to yes. Michael Sure. That's yes, confirmed. Indeed. <laughs> um, also, the same name as my hometown. But anyway. Uh, um, yeah. But overall, Broadway saw a 15% increase in its grosses to come in at $29,063,457 uh, over the previous frame. The attendance was also up 6% to bring in 222,263 people. Almost every show on Broadway saw a week-to-week increase. There were only three 
That did not. And two of them opened last week. So that makes sense because a lot of the, mm-hmm. there were a lot of comps in there and a lot of press in there. The other one was a show that is still in previews. So there are obviously a lot of different things going on with that and might have actually had some, uh, some press in there as well. The only three that did not see week to week increases were 1776 and Death of a Salesman that they both opened and Top Dog Underdog. The biggest shows to see week to week increases are unsurprisingly the shows that would do very well with families and tourists wicked saw more than a half million dollar increase the lion king was very close to half a million as was beetlejuice then it went cursed child music man aladdin hamilton into the woods phantom uh, and so on and so forth overall uh not a surprise to anyone that is paying attention the music man was the leader at the box office again climbing above three million dollars came in at three million ninety nine thousand seven hundred and eight dollars less than one ticket away from 3.1 million followed by hamilton at 2.16 the lion king at 2.07 wicked at 1.84 and mj at 1.77 the rest of the shows in the seven figures club in descending order are funny girl phantom cursed child moulin rouge aladdin beetlejuice Beautiful. Into the woods, six. No, that that's been closed for a long time. Uh, the book of and the book of Mormon. <laughs> um, speaking of which, one of those interviews that I to- uh, talked about uh, is with the book writer of Beautiful, ah. so, uh, Doug McGrath. So we'll talk to him later this week. Um, the the lowest grossing show, unfortunately, is one that we have also mentioned as well. Cost of living, despite a nearly $29,000 increase in its grosses, it only brought in $168,683. Again, you know, early in, you know, early, in its run yeah. and early, uh, it's subscription a pl- house. It's a play that unless you already know it, is not necessarily going to be like, I have to go and see this. Um... But that that always happens. That's not surprising yeah. to me. No, not at all. But um, still very excited that they got the extension and MTC is doing uh, the right thing to be able to get as many Absolutely. people to see that show as possible. And I'm very grateful. And I gave them I say, a decent amount of money. <laughs> yeah, I gave them over $100 to, uh, to for the right to see it. Uh, all right. Moving on to a story that I just I, – I, I guess this is fun. It's also kind of like watching a car accident. But yesterday, Deadline reported in an exclusive that Discovery Plus and ID are exploring the real story behind Fox's hit series, Glee. The streamer, Discovery Plus, which is part of Warner Brothers Discovery, has ordered a three-part docuseries looking at all the controversies behind the musical series on Fox. The series will have access to key cast and crew members who will share firsthand stories of their time on the show from 2009 to 2015. They will be talking about some very scandalous things like uh, original cast member Mark Sailing, who played mm-hmm. Puck, being arrested and pleading guilty to possessing uh, images of child sex abuse before dying by suicide while he was awaiting sentencing, the death of Corey Monteith, as well as... The onset bullying that is alleged, and I'm saying alleged yeah. just for legal purposes, yeah, uh, against Monteith's uh, then girlfriend, Leah Michelle. They also talk about the death of Naya Rivera uh, on a boating mm-hmm. trip a few years ago. That was obviously after the show ended. It's very interesting timing because I just saw something. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I'm talking about? Somebody asked uh, uh, original cast member Chris Colfer if he was going to be going to see <laughs> Leah Michelle uh-huh. and Funny Girl. And he said, oh, I forget exactly what he so said. So like, I can get triggered at home or something. That's what it was. He's like, yeah. why would I need to? I can be yeah. triggered at home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, look, I cover streaming services for a living. This is very much in the Discovery Plus wheelhouse, although I watch oh, Discovery absolutely. Plus for baking and home reno shows. But like and Trixie Motel, obviously. Yeah. Haven't watched that. You should do. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but they again. just did. They just did the House of Hammer, which was looking at the crazy story of Army Hammer and his family. Right. Yeah. So, like, this is starting to kind of get into that. They've done a series on the Menendez brothers and Biggie and Tupac. Like, they're kind of turning into, like, e-true Hollywood story. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, which, like, just- yeah. I mean, look, I think Warner Brothers Discovery is a really poorly run company, but this is interesting and I think people will watch. I have to give it up to whomever was working on this and saw the Leah Michelle apology tour that was going on and said, not on my watch. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's getting all this great press for Funny Girl and then this comes out. I think it will be interesting. That's kind of all it's I have to be say about it. It'll it certainly, certainly be salacious. Be um, it's actually <laughs> from Ample Entertainment, which is the company behind like an HBO docuseries called The Invisible Pop. Pilot and a Facebook docuseries mm. called Nine Months with Courtney Cox. So, like, these are legit, like, documentary filmmakers that are doing this. So, yeah. it'll, it'll be a thing. Fun. Very yeah. fun. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah. So, what is also a different kind of fun, yesterday, of course, we mourned the passing of the great Angela Lansbury. And shortly after we finished recording our episode yesterday, Ashley, the New York Times released a, a video um, called The Last Word, Angela Lansbury. And what it is, is it's an edited interview that Dame Angela did in 2010 that discussed her life and accomplishments on stage and screen. But she did it, again, 12 years ago, with the express understanding that it would only be published after her death, which is the fact that she was 84 at the time and died at 96. And, you know... That's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, morbid, I guess, to me, but whatever. Uh, I guess, eh, whatever. Uh, But it's great. Like, she talks about her early career and how she had two Academy Award nominations very early in her career and how she thinks that losing them actually allowed her to become a better actress because it would have kind of maybe stunted her uh, to being able to have the opportunity to work on different projects if she had just been this young Academy Award winner. She talks about the fact that (laughs) <laughs> two things she didn't become a, a a huge leading lady in hollywood because one and this is her words she was probably too good of an actress and two she wasn't mm-hmm. you know this glamorous gorgeous leading lady um uh, you know kind of figure sure. at the time. she she considers herself like a character actor except for the only time that she was she didn't think she was a character actor or actress was on murder. She wrote where she said like, right. this is a, a normal person. Then it obviously gets into her coming to Broadway in the sixties with Mame and has a lot of great stuff. So, mm. um, really just a lovely interview and it's like 20 minutes or so. Yeah, um, right. there it's, it's really fantastic. And I highly, highly recommend that people check that yeah. out. And 
maybe bring some tissues with you if yeah, you if it's totally. gonna make you a little um but it was it was really really nice and really lovely that's always the case they have a whole series of these the last word interviews i know they had one for sondheim too and when they did his mm-hmm. it was like an interview from 2008 that hadn't been released oh yet i know which is that's so, the thing it's like it's so uh, bizarre to me but i mean also you think about both sondheim and lansbury they were in their old, 80s yes. when these interviews were recorded right. anyway so it makes sense yeah, but still, makes me a little uncomfortable. But uh, I like it. I like. I know, it. But I'm morbid, to be fair. Yeah, a little weird. bit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Um, sticking with the not the Lansbury topic, but the streaming service topic that we talked about with the Glee docu series, I'm going to get into our more feel good recommendations. And the first one comes from Disney Plus's Dancing with the Stars, because if you didn't realize. That's not on ABC anymore because they moved it over to streaming exclusively. But on Monday's oh, episode, I didn't realize that actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, that was a big deal. Know. The more you that know, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So on Monday's episode, they had Disney Plus Night in which contestants did performances based off of things that could be found on Disney Plus. So we had folks doing things to Mary Poppins and Hocus Pocus Two, The Greatest Showman, The Muppets, and more. But former Masked Singer champion Wayne yeah. Brady. He performed with former So You Think You Can Dance contestant, uh, his partner, Whitney Carson, and they danced to, wait for it, wait for it, from Hamilton, which is amazing because that's a song sung by Aaron Burr, the part that Wayne Brady originated, or uh, he played in Chicago um, in Hamilton. So I think that was just very acute little thing that he's like i'm uh, gonna have an easy week this week let me do something well (laughs) the dancing wasn't easy but he certainly knows it very well (laughs) i was gonna say yeah exactly and he knows how to dance please oh he's amazing yeah Yeah. i mean he's somebody who i wish would spend i mean he's got his um let's make a deal tv show that he shoots and i i feel like they shoot that in like one month and have an entire year's worth of things but i would love him to come come to broadway and do more i mean he was uh, did Hamilton in Chicago. He's obviously done Kinky Boots on Broadway, mm-hmm. and I heard nothing but raves from people who worked with him on Kinky Boots, but oh, would good. love for him to do more theater. Yeah. And obviously, he had uh, involvement with Freestyle Love Supreme as well. So, yep. um, so yeah, more, more love Wayne him. Brady love uh, him. Bring him back. doing musical theater. He did get a 36 out of 40 um, and tied for first place on <gasps> Very so. nice. See, I got an easy week. He knows what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it is – he's not a dancer, but, like, yeah. these shows, like – when you bring in people with musical theater or pop music or legit dancing background, it's a little cheating, but I mean, it's cheating. Mm, bold cheating. claims. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like Jojo Siwa, who is like a legit dancer and is there's a judge on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. She finished second, though, to Amon Shumpert, who is an NBA basketball see, player. So it's see, not just about who's matter. the best. It matters, but I mean, it's not like it's a popularity contest. Exactly. So it's like if it was just, just going on say. judges. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, one more recommendation. And this is a sneak peek at the upcoming Broadway musical K pop. They have released the first footage yes. from the show. It begins performances at the Circle in the Square Theater coming up here in just a few weeks. It, it'll actually, I think, be running well, when I'm in town. start this week. Yeah, it's, okay. That's I was I was on, trying to figure out what date yeah. it was. Um, I'm I'm torn because it's one of those things where it's not open yet by the time I get there. So it's like, do I want to request tickets for when I'm there in November? Do I want to wait until after opening in December? I want to see it as soon as possible, but. I don't I feel like it will have enough previews at that point where seeing it is fine. Yeah. I say do it when you're here. Well, or you'll I'm just have ask. to come back. Oh, no. I mean, I'm coming in December, too. I'm coming exactly. in November and December. Oh, so it's, it's just trying to figure out them. when. 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh, well. Six of one half one dozen of, of the other. One of the trips. And yeah. I'm sure I'll be back in the spring, so whatever. At the latest at this point. <laughs> Jesus. Very good yeah. point. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.